You're listening to Talking Smart. The official podcast of the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers. This is Paul Pimentel, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Ben Nagy from Smart TD Communications, along with Michael Blaine from Smart Communications, who is producing this episode. Welcome to the 23rd episode of Talking Smart. Each month, we bring you news, guests, and discussions of interest to smart members and working families across the United States and Canada. This episode, we're talking about how the Smart Army is growing in Canada. Started in 2017, the Smart Army is a key vehicle for getting involved in our communities, raising our visibility and highlighting the important work smart members do, as well as the essential services we provide. There's also a great way to improve our image among the voters, community leaders, and politicians whose support we count on and need to back new union-built projects, project labor agreements, and the high workplace and training standards that are the foundations of good jobs that support our families and entire communities. Our guest this episode is Jeff Lind, a business representative with Smart Local 280 out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Jeff spoke with us about the pride he and other members feel when they look out at the skyline of Vancouver and see all of the completed projects they have worked on, including many union-built residential high towers. I think there's a sense of pride for myself, and I think a lot of our members, too, when, you, when you're driving into work in the morning, you kind of look at that skyline and you say, like, we, we literally built that city, you know? As a Small Army coordinator, Brother Lind is leading Local 280's efforts to raise funds for cancer research by participating in the 2022 Terry Fox Run on September 18th. Jeff discussed the story of Terry Fox, a Canadian athlete and cancer research activist who, after having one leg amputated due to cancer, embarked on a cross-country run in 1980 to raise money and awareness for cancer research. Although the spread of his cancer eventually forced him to end his quest, and ultimately cost him his life. His efforts resulted in a lasting legacy in Canada and also around the world. He's a legend in Canada, and I think we all know somebody who's been affected by cancer. So what I really wanted to do was, you know, if I look at Smart Army as a whole and our Smart membership internationally, I looked at something and I thought, what can we all do together? Being in a union, the solidarity behind it. I mean, we all stand here, we have each other's backs. I thought, you know, this is something we could do, not just in Canada with the locals, but across the international. In addition, listen for the open mic segment with General President Joseph Sellers at the end of this episode. With students returning to school this fall, he responds to a question about new indoor air quality work opportunities in schools, supported by funding in the American Rescue Plan the bipartisan infrastructure law, and other recent federal legislation backed by SMART, passed by Congress, and signed into law by President Biden. This is exciting times. There's an explosion of federal funding that will create work opportunities for our SMART members. Altogether, we're looking at $885 billion that can be used to improve HVAC systems in their air quality in our schools, buildings, homes, Quite frankly, this is really an historic moment. This is an enormous amount of work opportunities for current and future members of SMART. With us today is Jeff Lynn, a Local 280 member from Vancouver, British Columbia. He first joined the local in 2006 as an apprentice. He worked in the field as an HVAC installer on a number of big hospital and residential towers across Vancouver from multiple signatory contractors. 
He was elected last year to become a business representative, along with Richard Mangelsdorf, who succeeded Jim Parquet, a longtime business manager and mentor to other leaders across Canada who also served on the Smart GEC. Jeff, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So, Jeff, the first question I want to ask you is, what was it like working on these projects in Vancouver? And what would you tell a young sheet metal worker that's getting into the industry today? And, and, and I mentioned Vancouver. The reason why I say Vancouver is because in Vancouver, you have something unique there where you have a lot of residential high rises and we control a lot of that work is my understanding. So what is that like as opposed to maybe other areas? Uh, you know what? It, it's, it's great to work on these projects. I mean, you know, I think there's a sense of pride when you sit back and look at your city skyline and you, you know, there's that one meme that goes around where, you know, it's the construction worker driving around and I worked in that building. I worked in that building. I think there's a sense of pride for myself. And I think a lot of our members too, when you, when you're driving into work in the morning, you kind of look at that skyline and you say like, we, we literally built that city. You know, I always thought that our theme song should be Jefferson Starship. We built this city, but uh, other people disagree. They think it's too cheesy. I think it's right on the head, but that's just me, right? So. Well, maybe Vancouver and San Francisco can fight over that because I think that was a San Francisco song. Yeah, yeah. As far as advice to new apprentices coming in, you know, this is a career, not a summer job. Come in willing to learn, practice humility because there's some days that your job is really tough. Uh, you need to have a good attitude, though. That's first and foremost. And understand that, you know, there's a lot of benefits for being in this trade and, and in this union, especially. So it'll set you up for the rest of your life. And that's what else can we ask for, right? What's the work situation like out there? Oh, we're busy. As we speak, my phone is, I'm getting text messages from uh, contractors asking for members. Right now, I think we have 13, 14 members on the board. Right now, the out of work board, I would say 13 or 14 of them are all retired members who are just kind of, hey, you know what, maybe I'll come back to work and and help out if I need to. So we're at max capacity. And if you could only cross borders, we could take a lot of you guys. So a lot of members. Uh, hey there, Jeff. So one of the things that's going on now is the smart army has moved into Canada. And, you know, you mentioned the commitment that you're trying to instill with the young apprentices and getting them engaged in the union. How's it going with the smart army uh, up there in Vancouver? You know what? It's going really well. I think uh, when I got elected, our business manager, he came to me and said, hey, we got this thing called Smart Army. I just got this email from the international. And I said, okay. And he says, I'm making you the coordinator. And I went, okay, what does that mean? And he said, you know what? There's a bunch of information here. I'm just going to send you the email. He said, but I think this is really good. We can use it to, you know, to kind of get our members together, especially now after, you know, this whole pandemic situation. So here I am, <laughs> Smart Army Coordinator. I was unaware that I believe we were the first local 280 in Canada to do Smart Army. That's correct. Yeah. And I, and I apologize if there were that are kind of around the same time, but I'm just going to call it out right now because I'm on this podcast and, and video that, uh, it was us that did it first, and we're doing it way better than everyone else in Canada. But uh, no, I mean, that's besides the point there. So we came out of the gates kind of running, you know, the whole point of our smart army. You know, I, I took a look at what was going on in the United States. And, you know, we're very fortunate where I live in British Columbia to have a very pro-labor government. So, you know, a lot of the work that is done in the States is, you know, reaching out to members and making sure they're registered to vote and things like that. We're not really in that situation right now. So what I wanted to focus on was, you know, getting out into the community. Obviously, the slogan, if you can see it above my head, says building better communities. 
And what we realized was, you know, when we got into this office, we sat around and looked at the workforce that we have. We realized there's a lot of members that uh, will be retiring in the near future. And we're realizing, and I think it's across Canada and even the United States internationally, that there's a shortage of labor, especially skilled labor. So our idea was to get out into the community, show everybody that, you know, we're not just construction workers, you know, shed some light on sheet metal in general, because, you know, a lot of people, when they think, oh, construction workers, you're a carpenter or you're a plumber or an electrician. Well, no, we're, we're sheet metal workers and this is what we do. So the whole point was to get out in those communities, shed some light on our trade, as well as use Smart Army as a way to kind of break a stigma and say, listen, you know, this is a good trade and we can offer this. And because of that, because of some of the community work we've done, we've actually been given access to a lot of high school groups, high school districts, um, and our organizers having a field day. He's been, been able to get in and do some talks with some of the trades programs there. And I believe we've taken about 15 to 20 apprentices, pre-apprentices out of those school programs. So it's working. And more importantly, I think we're building a better community for the members where our members live. And I think we're starting to see some members kind of buying in. Hey, yeah, man, that was an event we you kind of did in you know my neighborhood. That was that's cool. Yeah, I'm a smart member. You know, maybe I should sign up with the smart army and help out too. So, you know, it's about getting our membership together and, and also helping the communities we live in. So yeah, one thing I think I don't think people realize is uh, you know, no one's going to create a hospitable environment uh for our union. Uh, unless we go out there and do it for ourselves. And so that level of engagement is, is very important to establish, you know, U.S. and Canada, obviously. Yeah, mo most definitely, most definitely. So Jeff, one of the, the upcoming events that you have coming up, interesting and is all-encompassing, it goes across Canada, also the United States too, and affects the United States, is this Terry Fox run. Can you tell us a little bit about the story about Terry Fox and kind of how he came to be? Yeah, for sure. So uh, and for those of you who aren't familiar with Terry Fox, he's plain and simple. The guy's a hero. Terry Fox, uh, when he was 18 years old, he was a young Canadian kid who was diagnosed with cancer in his leg. And due to his cancer and the treatments that he had to take to, to live, he ended up losing one of his legs. Terry was doing his treatment in the hospital and he saw just the pain and the sadness that was going on in these cancer research and treatment facilities and decided he wanted to make a change. So I believe he was 20 years old, top of my head, Terry decided to do the Marathon of Hope. And what it was, was he decided to run across Canada to raise money for cancer research. He didn't want to do this for fame. He just wanted to kind of create a change and, and fund a cure for all cancers, which was actually kind of incredible as I just attended the um, Western Canadian Conference in Newfoundland, Labrador, on the east coast of Canada. And we were walking through the city. And sure enough, there's a memorial there. And that's where Terry started his run. That was kilometer zero or mile zero for our American friends. He dipped his artificial leg into the Atlantic Ocean and started his run across Canada. He planned on stopping in every small town. He had this giant glass jar that just said donations for cancer research, and he wanted to fill it up. His goal was $1 for every Canadian. So at the time in 1980, that was 22 million Canadians. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot because I believe there's more people probably in the surrounding Los Angeles area, but you know, it was a big feat, especially in 1980 with no media coverage at all. For 143 days, Terry Fox ran a marathon a day. So that is 42 kilometers or 26 miles a day. He did it 143 days in a row consecutively. He ran through rain and snow and wind, the humidity. He stopped in almost 400 towns and just talked about why he was running. 
he was starting at 4.30 in the morning and usually didn't finish till about 7 p.m. at night. Unfortunately, the only thing that could have stopped him, his cancer returned to his body after he was in remission. And after 143 days, that's, if I do the math, is about 5,400 kilometers or 3,400 miles-ish around there. He was forced to stop running just about halfway through Canada outside Thunder Bay, Ontario. And unfortunately, cancer took his life shortly after that, or about six months later. So it's pretty incredible, his story, considering, you know, he was a cancer survivor and uh, just wanted to raise money. Throughout that 143 days, he was able to raise $1.7 million for cancer research. And Terry Fox is actually from pretty close to my hometown here in British Columbia. So I know in elementary school and, you know, throughout every community in, B in, in Canada, they host Terry Fox runs every year. To date, since then, $850 million has been raised. That's basically a Terry Fox run. You know, he's he's a legend in Canada, and I think we all know somebody who's been affected by cancer. So what I really wanted to do was, you know, if I look at Smart Army as a whole and our Smart membership internationally, I looked at something and I thought, what can we all do together? Being in a union, the solidarity behind it, I mean, we all stand here, we have each other's backs. I thought, you know, this is something we could do, not just in Canada with the locals, but across the international. And this is what I'm hoping to kind of achieve with this run. You know, maybe we can all get together and throw a buck and a hat. You know, I mean, how many smart memories are there? We're over 200,000 now, right? Over 200,000, yep. Yeah, like I think that would be a pretty cool donation, yeah. you know, towards cancer research, right? It's a lot of work to organize something, obviously, you know, not just locally uh, with Smart Army, but I figured, you know, with a platform like this, maybe we can get out there and, and let's let's raise some some good money here, and we could we could do other events like this too. It doesn't have to be just Terry Fox Run, right? I've got some other ideas. But it also touches the lives of a lot of members, no matter what side of the border you live on. It's going to touch people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's the whole point of this. Like I said, it's, you know, be, us being one of the only locals in Canada, I think there's another one now that does Smart Army. You know, I sit in on these Smart Army calls and I'm listening and I'm like, man, like I wish I could help out. Like we don't have the capacity to help in certain ways that uh, our members in the United States need or need our help. And then I thought like, you know, maybe we could do this. This is kind of cross-border. It's simple. It's easy. You know, it's as easy as, you know what, you get your smart army members and go for a little two kilometer walk. And you know what, while you're doing it, pick up some garbage on the way or whatever you want to do, you know, end it off with a barbecue, throw some money in a hat, make a donation. And you know what might've changed somebody's life. So I think that's what it is all about, right? Let's all get together and as a whole union, right? As an international union and help each other out, right? And it's a simple way for everybody to get involved, members individual and locals collectively as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're listening to Talking Smart. Mobilize, organize, unionize. Do you have story ideas or have a question for the general president or union leadership? Call us toll free at 844-984-0947 with your questions or ideas. Once again, 844-984-0947. When I was a kid, there was a children's book, I think, called uh, The Value of Facing a Challenge. And believe it or not, it was about Terry Fox. You know, me being a kid of the early 80s, uh, it had just happened. I was devastated at the end of the book to learn that he, uh, he had passed from the cancer. 
But, uh, you know, he's a very inspirational figure, you know, and it drew a lot of attention from uh, both the U.S. and Canada. So how long has the local been involved in, you know, coordinating uh, an event around the Terry Fox run? Is this a longstanding thing? Well, this is actually because this is my kind of first year at doing this. Uh, this is a very new thing. I actually kind of started planning this in early July-ish. I know it's a little short on time because <laughs> the run is in uh, September. But yeah, this is the first one. And obviously, I would like this to turn into a yearly thing. I think this is something we could do yearly. And I think everybody likes to have maybe a little fun with it. Obviously, it's a serious run and it's for obviously a great cause. But I'd be even willing to put a challenge out there that every year we can register a smart army team. And underneath that team, you can register your own local as a participant or a supporter of that smart army team. The local that wins or donates the most amount of money can raise the most amount of money for cancer research. I mean, we could even make a cool trophy and send it to that local just for a little bit of bragging rights. I like that idea. But I'm just going to put this out there. Terry Fox is Canadian. He's also from our hometown. We are literally going to be doing the run outside of a school that was named after him because it was his high school. So local 280 is always going to win that trophy. And I challenge anyone to try to take it from us. So, so let's say somebody from Memphis, Tennessee. Yep. All right. Memphis being the city where the Grizzlies now play, they left Vancouver. Wednesday. Thank you for that. Yep. Would that would that hit hard? It it would hit hard, but you know what? I think it's all in good fun. Yep. It, it's worth it in the end because the end goal is to raise money, right, and help the community, right? Obviously, it would hurt a little, especially Memphis. Also, careful. I don't know if you have the same owner, but he lied to us. But that's another story we can get into in another. I'm a Celtics fan. I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. But uh, you know what? All the power to them. You know, you look at local 104 and 105. I mean, they got 10,000 members. They should win every single year, but they're not going because uh, we're motivated up here, man. We'll consider this our Stanley Cup. So. so the next question we have for you is how specifically can locals and the Smart Army chapters sign up to participate in the run? Is there a link they have to go to? Do they need to contact local 280? No, it's very simple, actually. You can go on terryfox.org. That is the uh, website for their foundation. And actually, if you go on there, there's actually a lot of really good information. It has Terry's story. There's uh, kind of testimonials, a lot of quotes from him and his life. There's a lot of stats on there and how many Terry Fox runs have been held, ways you can organize a Terry Fox school run. I know in a lot of elementary schools and high schools, Every year in September, they participate in Canada on a, for a Terry Fox run. There's other events, gives you different ways to donate. But basically you go on, you can click on the link that says donate or give today and you look it up and you can type in Smart Army and it should come up, Smart Army 280. I tried it earlier and it did come up. So you can click on that and you can join the uh, team and register your own team underneath. And I can share all those links with you. Yeah, definitely. We'll put this uh, on during the episode as well as an advertisement, showing them where to go to and giving them the instructions as well. And also, more importantly, too, there's that Snow Hit Steps Challenge that just came out for September. Yeah. This would be a good way to get your steps in. Absolutely. Because you don't have to be running. You can walk, too. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. You could even... You know what? A lot of our members have kids. Make it a scooter race yep. for all I care. Yep. Anybody out there who's cardio challenged, do a walk instead of a run. Yep. Absolutely. In addition to uh, the Terry Fox project, anything else that Local 280 is working on with the Smart Army? Uh, something you'd want to mention that's coming up in the future? 
Yeah. So like I said, right now, um, obviously we're very busy in our local, so I'm trying not to, and obviously everybody's busy with their lives. People are, uh, their families are going back to school and we're just busy. So I'm trying not to do too many events where, you know, we're, I just want to, I want to keep things as simple as possible right now. I do have another event very similar to the Terry Fox run that hopefully uh, the rest of the international can get involved with as well. And it's called coldest night of the year. It's a walk in the middle of winter, in the middle of the night. It's like two kilometers. It's nothing. There's a lot of good causes that we can help. And and there's some also that affect the construction industry as well. We did a small walk as well earlier in the spring that affected families of workplace tragedies. So all the money that went to that, it was called Threads of Life. And it was good to actually see a lot of other labor unions participating in that as well. So not just Smart Army, you know, you got to think we, we represent the building trades as well. I've even put an invite out to uh, the plumbers local, as well as the uh, operator engineers to join in with this Terry Fox run. So hopefully we will uh, be getting some donations and some participation from them as well. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're all skilled organized labor and we want to stand together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely want to hear more about that too about the coldest night challenge and the one for workers who have been injured and lost on the job. Those are really interesting. And that's something that's going to unite us as well and increase awareness as well, safety on the job site and everything else. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for being here. This is a really great episode. You gave us a lot of great information and we really appreciate what you're doing there in Vancouver and what Local 280 is doing. You guys are a great example of this international and the members of this international. We want to thank you for being here. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. And uh, come up to visit anytime. Absolutely. We, we would love to have you guys up here. So I don't know, you guys, you can talk to the powers that be and maybe we'll host another international up here. I think it's been a few years, so. About five years, I think. Yeah. But it was good the last time. It's time to come back. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Yep. This is Daryl Roberts, Director of Organizing at SMART. In the next few months and years, SMART members will see an enormous amount of work with incoming mega projects everywhere from Texas and Tennessee to New York. If you know anyone interested in the sheet metal or transportation industries, or if you know anyone currently working non-union in our industry, tell them to visit smartcareers.org where they can learn about all the benefits of joining our union. Spread the word. Visit smartcareers.org today for information on higher pay, better benefits, and a secure retirement. We have with us General President Joseph Sellers for his Q&A session. President Sellers, how are you today? Doing good, Ben. I, I really appreciate being back on again. Uh, it's exciting times with a lot of work opportunities that are out there. And it's really, really great to be back on this uh, open mic segment. So thank you for all the questions that come in. And I'm doing well, Ben. Thank you. Thank you, President Sellers. And, you know, you talk about it being a very busy time for our membership. And right now, it's a very busy time for any of our members who have children because uh, it's back to school time. We have going on right now, uh, kids returning to school, and it's a very big uh, thing on the front of everyone's mind uh, with COVID and with all of the federal programs that are available. Indoor air quality is becoming a a very hot topic. And something that we've been hearing from members, uh, they're curious where the uh, indoor air quality work opportunities are and what to do when we receive information about those opportunities. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, love to. There's a lot of great opportunity. We've been talking about indoor air quality for, you know, decades. 
and we measure the air outside of our homes, schools and buildings, and we walk into a building and we're not quite sure of the quality of air, but this is exciting times. There's an explosion of central funding that will create work opportunities for our SMART members. And I would say, let's start with you, our members, getting with our local unions, identifying where those indoor air quality and ventilation, COVID ventilation, tie that in, opportunities that are out there so that locals and you can help through the process of getting to different states because it all works through a grant process. And if we can get our members and our locals to that state level of these are the opportunities that are out there and these projects are available, then we can go out and get the resources that are required to do that work. NEMIC, which is the National Energy Management Institute Committee, which is a related org of the sheet metal industry, has developed and recently launched a, a website for schools, building owners to go to for more information in this ventilation and indoor air quality space. Each local has business representatives that are working on this, and they're working with SMAT the contractors. They're identified on this website by state to assist in answering questions that building owners and school districts are asking about these types of programs and how can they get help. That also leads to answering the questions, what are the next steps that they need to take and where do they go? And then there's going to be a list of contractors that are available to perform those types of ventilation verification programs or indoor air quality programs that are needed in that school building or home. Uh, the Biden administration has identified SMART as a resource, and they did that along with SMACNA, NEMIC, National Energy Management Institute Committee, and ASHRAE, which is the engineering community. So we're in that category of resources of expertise because that's what our members do. And the administration wants to proceed with these projects. They have been repurposing these opportunities throughout their administration to make sure that these projects get done at the state level and by the state. There are four main streams of funding that can be used to improve ventilation in buildings. They start with the American Rescue Plan. $472 billion can be used for improved indoor air quality in buildings where people are gathering. So that's the American Rescue Plan. And those types of buildings are schools, hospitals, restaurants, office buildings, transportation hubs, and those style of buildings where people gather. There's also $5 billion that's in the bipartisan infrastructure law to be used for improved energy efficiencies and in their air quality in buildings. And this also includes these energy efficiencies for schools, airports, transit facilities, multifamily homes, and those style of funds. So there again, improving energy efficiencies, taking out some of the old HVAC system and put in new HVAC systems that are more efficient, that are designed better, that have better standards for filtration, to take care of maybe this pandemic, which is COVID-19, but this isn't our last health crisis. So how can we take advantage of these programs to improve our systems in our schools, buildings, and homes? There's also $39 billion in the CHIPS and Science Act that is available for the semiconductor facilities, which will need HVAC systems, complex HVAC systems. This will also help our production workers and will improve U.S. manufacturing jobs across the United States.
Another area is the Inflation Reduction Act. That allocates $369 billion in tax credits. And those tax credits are for commercial, multifamily, residential buildings. That includes energy efficiencies, and those tax credit goes to HVAC improvements. So this is for retrofit buildings, and this is for construction facilities so that they can use clean energy technologies in these replacement of those systems. Also, extra tax credits are available when you use prevailing wages, use registered apprenticeship, good labor standards, and materials produced in the United States. Altogether, we're looking at $885 billion that can be used to improve HVAC systems in their air quality in our schools, buildings, homes. Quite frankly, this is really an historic moment. This is an enormous amount of work opportunities for current and future members of SMART. So it's really exciting. It's a lot of work, but we have great opportunities for the union sheet metal industry. So great question. I'm glad that we're getting a lot of those types of questions because it's got to be on the front of so many people's mind. And thank you, Ben, for raising that. Thank you, uh, General President Sellers. You know, it's a very, very exciting time. You know, all those opportunities that are out there, you know, hopefully uh, we'll be able to take advantage of them, make it a better, more healthful environment for uh, students, people in the public, transportation hubs, everything. So thank you once again, sir. Yep, very good. Have a good day. This is Daryl Roberts, Director of Organizing at SMART. In the next few months and years, SMART members will see an enormous amount of work with incoming mega projects everywhere from Texas and Tennessee to New York. If you know anyone interested in the sheet metal or transportation industries, or if you know anyone currently working non-union in our industry, tell them to visit smartcareers.org where they can learn about all the benefits of joining our union. Spread the word. Visit smartcareers.org today for information on higher pay, better benefits, and a secure retirement.